0: You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with a Gun Show. At the time of this recording, it's Christmas Day. I got no business down here in the studio, but I just wanted to say, I love you. And there's not a damn thing you can do about it. This week, we've been doing a blast from the past. Episode number 196, I got some clips from Barbara Barrett. I've known her that long. It came out originally in 2010. A little history lesson from 1968 and some real corny jokes going to start us off with just to keep it light michael j williams gonna talk about boar sighting, and michael and i are going to do a lot more together in 2018 so stay tuned to your favorite righteous podcast the black man with a gun show BlackmanWithAGUN.com, ken blanchard's
1: pro gun podcast
2: This is Danny DeVito, and I'd like to wish you the best for the holiday season. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
0: One of the best gifts I got this year was... The comments from a few of you guys who said, hey Amen, keep going. Don't give up yet. Encouragement, man, I run on that stuff. So thank you so much for those who didn't think it robbery to give a little praise and a little encouragement to a brother from another mother.
2: Ken has spent decades as a gun rights activist, law enforcement firearms instructor, federal agent, Christian pastor, father, or a friend. Get the book that tells what he couldn't say before.
1: Head over to blackmanwithagun.com slash book
2: now to get your copy today.
0: Hey, I heard a couple of really stupid Yo Mama jokes that I'm going to throw in there today. I just had to tell you this one. Yo Mama is so fat, she needs two Facebook profiles. And she's short, too. Your Mama's so short, she can see her feet on her driver's license. Oh, one more. And her, your mama is so short, she has to cuff her underwear. Now, you know the best sales are going to happen after the holidays. If you're looking to buy a gun for somebody, take a listen to this tip from Barbara Baird of Women's Outdoor News and the Women's Gun Show. If you get a chance and you're not already subscribed, check out the Women's Gun Show. You can find it at womensgunshow.com. <laughs>
2: urban shooter this is Barbara Baird women's outdoor news my email box has been pummeled just fired upon with advertisements from gun manufacturers promoting the idea of buying a woman a gun for Christmas hmm that might seem like a good idea but what if your woman doesn't want a gun for Christmas the first thing you need to do is find out whether or not she likes shooting so you need to take her to a range and teach her how to shoot a gun You need to spend time with your honey, showing her that guns are not these big, bad things that jump up and shoot someone without reason. But first of all, you're going to have to convince her to go with you, and that might take some work. But you could say this, I would like to see you have the confidence and skill to use this gun if I cannot be here to help you. This is something along the lines that the pastor of Pistoleros, the minister of defense, Brother Ken has told you time and time again in past podcasts, good advice. Why would she need to know this skill? Well, if she has to call 911 and she's told that the nearest law enforcement official will be there, oh, in about five minutes or three minutes, and she knows that that door is probably going to come down in 30 seconds or she's in a parking lot somewhere, then she is going to have to have some sort of defense ready to go. Also, you might want to remind her that court cases have shown that law enforcement officers are not responsible for protecting individuals. They are supposed to enforce laws and protect society at large. Once you get her to the range, you need to make sure she has adequate protection, ears and eyes. If she's going to shoot a shotgun, she needs some sort of padding on her shooting shoulder. When you're at the range, take the time to explain how to shoot. Don't be loading that gun yet and getting all macho about it. You need to tell her about the parts of a gun. You need to tell her why it's important to keep the muzzle pointed downrange at all times. Parts of a gun will include things like the trigger, chamber, magazine, barrel, action, grip. Be sure that you go over the basics of of gun safety, such as the aforementioned keeping the gun pointed downrange, keeping your finger off the trigger, keeping the gun unloaded until ready to use. Don't be getting all itchy to shoot at something right away. You need to remember to tell her about range safety, about what it means to be hot on the range, and how that has nothing to do with what she's looking like at the moment. You actually should work on her stance with her. Is she going to stand just in an isosceles, triangle-type position first? I think that would be a lot better than kicking into the modified weaver or some other stance. Uh, You also need to work on breathing. But first of all, you might want to find out which eye is her dominant eye, especially for sight alignment. I know it starts to get pretty confusing, pretty complicated, almost scary to some women. I'm an NRA instructor and teach um, shooting skills for pistols. And I know that a lot of my students, just their eyes start to roll back in their heads. But if you tell them this, you tell them that, look, you learn to drive a car and there's more than one component to driving a car. You just need to figure all this out and get it all together so that you can have that moment when the shot is taken, that moment when you turn the ignition in the key and that engine starts up and you move forward. You've done that before. You can do this. So you can get up close and personal to your sweetheart during all this time if she doesn't mind. Don't be creepy about it, though. But you need to let her practice some dry firing until she gets the feel of the gun. She needs to practice standing and holding the gun just like she's ready to fire it, and if it's okay to dry fire the gun, let her do that when she's ready, and when you've taught her how to load ammo and be safe about it, pointed down range, and she's all set up to take those shots, please make sure that those targets are not two hundred yards away. I don't care if you're shooting a rifle; that's too far. She needs to have success. It's like taking a kid to a fishing pond and the kid not sh- not catching any fish. She needs to catch some fish here. She needs to shoot some holes through that paper. In my observations, seldom does someone who experiences success on the shooting range, man or woman, come away with a negative attitude toward shooting. And don't expect this to be a -a once-in-a-lifetime visit to the range or shooting area, because if you do this right, she'll be asking you to go there with her in the future. And besides having the companionship at the range, you might also have the knowledge then that your friend, your wife, your mom can defend herself with a gun. She might finally understand why you enjoy shooting and she might start to understand this whole concept of hunting. If successful, you might find that you can use your wallet now to get to her heart. Those after Christmas sales will include guns. But don't be surprised if she wants an expensive engraved walnut stock 20 gauge over and under. This same advice applies to kids too. My husband and I have tested it On our four children, and so far the results are 100% in favor of the kids enjoying themselves at the range and safely. This is Barbara Baird, Women's Outdoor News. Check us out online at womensoutdoornews.com. Thanks, Ken.
0: You are most welcome.
2: The Minister of Defense, the pastor of Paladins, Patriots, and Pistoleros will be right back after these commercials.
0: Hi, I'm Mark Craighead Looking forward to next year when uh, Michael and I kind of team up a little bit better and do some video and some shooting and a whole bunch more. Here's Michael and his tip for the week.
3: Thank you, Ken, and welcome to another Tips and Review segment. I am Michael Woodland, and today we're going to discuss bore sighting. What is bore sighting? It is simply a method of adjustments to an optical firearm sight or iron sights to align the firearm barrel and the sights. This method is usually used to pre-align the sights, which makes zeroing go much faster. A device called a bore sighter or kilometer is used to accomplish this. So basically what takes place, you will assemble the kilometer, slide the smaller end into the barrel from the muzzle brake, turn it on and a light or laser will project from the kilometer out at a said distance you are zeroing from, let's say 25 yards. With the barrel insert in place and the light or laser on, it's time to go to the next step of adjusting. When you get behind the scope, optic, or sight, start making adjustments until the light or laser is at the intended aiming position you desire. It may be easier to have someone assist you to cut down on the time on your adjustments to your weapon system. After you have your adjustments in order, we can move on to the next step. Having the firearm bore sighted, we can confirm the bore sighting with a 25 yard zero. Now, when you go out and start zero, there should be minimum correction when making your new corrections to the optic, scope, or iron sights. For those who are looking to contact me, visit blackmanwithagun.com and under the leaders tab, click on my name, Michael Woodland, and shoot me an email. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Back to you, Ken.
0: Hey, as a special treat, go to blackmailthegun.com and look for Michael's tab on there. And under his tab, there's Mike's shop. Mike has some cups and some shirts and some new stuff that you want to check out. It's all on blackmailthegun.com And look for Michael J. Woodland. Do you have a concealed carry permit? Have you received training, been educated in its use of self-defense, and protecting you and your family. Well, one piece you might be missing is self-defense insurance. It's what responsible gun owners do. A friend of mine started a company, a magazine, back in the day. And the magazine was successful. He was able to branch out, provide education, training, and self-defense insurance for responsible gun owners. It's the USCCA. I am now an affiliate. I want to show off my buddy right now. Go to uscca.blackmanwithagun.com and check out the page. I guarantee you there's something that you could use, something that can help you, something that can make you better. uscca.blackmanwithagun.com Check it out. Education, training, and self-defense insurance for responsible gun owners.
2: And now, back to the man who's packing more than a browning.
0: And now, and now, our, feature, our presentation. feature presentation. 1968. How many of you around in 1968? I was actually in the first grade. First grade was great. I remember getting all suited up. Mom and dad had bought me some new clothes, and I had a big old leather briefcase. I was taking my little lunchbox and briefcase to school. It was probably about two miles, maybe three miles from my house. And I walked back in the day. A little six-year-old boy could walk to school without fear of craziness. Well, so you we thought. I remember walking up the big hill past the mailbox and cross the street and past the junior high school, down past the apartment building complexes. And I crossed the street again in front of the Wonder Bread shop and then kept on walking. And the next corner was the school. Usually it was a crossing guard by the time I got to that last street. But before you got to the last street, that was the, the candy man. There was a little store made out of a house, and they sold all the junk that you want. Now and laters and squirrel nuts and blow pops and charm pops and bubble gums and jawbreakers and all that stuff. And if you had any money, that's where it went, to the candy man. Right before you got to school, or when you got off, that's the first place you stopped after if you didn't eat your lunch. Oh, yeah. Elementary school. Miss Eastep, my first grade teacher. 1968, you know, the cost of a new house in 1968, about $15,000. The average income back in 1968, $7,800. Yeah. You know how much gas cost back in 1968? 34 cents. Yeah. And the average cost of a new car, less than 3,000 bucks. People made a $1.60 an hour. That was the federal minimum wage. And the average house price was about 4,300 bucks. Can you believe that? Hard times. But everybody thinks that the old days were the good old days. Not necessarily so. We had some pretty crappy times back in the old days, too. I don't remember everything, but when I put the pieces together of the past, I remember as a kid, unbelievable. We got the Gun Control Act of 1968. Now, how did I get 1968 out of episode 196? Look at the numbers 1968. That's what kind of jar of memory, and I thought, let's go back to 1968. The Gun Control Act 1968 actually signed into law by Lyndon Baines Johnson. 22 October, I believe. And it changed the way we do stuff today. But Prior to this, the last big gun control thing was the Firearms Act of 1934. Almost 34 years exactly, they did it again. But it really wasn't Because of the crime issue, it was the culture and society at the time. A lot of stuff happened in the 60s and folks were all spun up, topsy-turvy, even though it was the good old days for me. It was rough for the world. It was some heavy stuff. 1963, we lost John F. Kennedy from assassination in Dallas, all the way down through the civil rights issue, 1968. In January, North Korean patrol boats captured the USS Pueblo. North Vietnamese launched the Tet Offensive. Unbelievable. Vietnam was really kicking tail back then. In February, Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his fiery speech that ended up being his eulogy at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta.
1: Every now and then, I guess we all think realistically about that day when we Will be victimized with what is life's final common denominator. And that's something that we call death. We all think about it, and every now and then I think about my own death and I think about my own funeral, and I don't think of it in a morbid sense. And every now and then I ask myself, what is it that I would want said? And I leave the word to you this morning. If any of you are around, when I have to meet my day, I don't want a long funeral. And if you get somebody to deliver the eulogy, tell them not to talk too long. Yeah. And every now and then I wonder what I want them to say. Tell them not to mention that I have a Nobel Peace Prize. That isn't important. Tell them not to mention that I have three or four hundred other awards, that's not important. Tell them not to mention where I went to school. I'd like somebody to mention that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to give his life serving others. I'd like for somebody to say that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. I want you to say that day that I tried to be right on the wall question, I want you to be able to say that day that I did try to feed the hungry. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try in my life to clothe those who were naked. I want you to say on that day that I did try in my life to visit those who were in prison. I want you to say that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, say that I was a drum major for justice. Say that I was a drum major for peace. I was a drum major for righteousness. And all of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind. I won't have the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind. But I just want to leave a committed life behind. And that's all I want to say. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word of song, if I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian, ought, if I can bring salvation to a world once wrought, if I can spread the message as the Master taught, then my living will not be in vain. Yes, Jesus, I want to be on your right or your left side, not for any selfish reason. I want to be on your right or your left side, not in terms of some political kingdom or ambition, but I just want to be there in love and in justice. And, in
0: and then April 4th. After he spent the day at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis working and meeting with local leaders on plans for his Poor People's March on Washington to take place late in the month, at 6 p.m. as he greets the car and friends in the courtyards, Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King was shot with one round from a 30 odd 6 rifle and would be declared dead just an hour later at the St. Joseph Hospital. I remember being let out early that day in school. They said they shot the dreamer. They shot Dr. King. Martin Luther King is dead. Run home. And a terrified little six-year-old boy ran home. Riots broke out in D.C. Chicago Detroit there was pandemonium anarchy the world got turned upside down in May in France there were some issues The bloody Monday happened and so much turmoil In June, Artie, Andy Warhol was shot. Robert Kennedy was assassinated in June. All these events changed the nation. It was about the mood of the country. It wasn't about stopping crime. Southern politicians, Repubs, and Democrats hated the civil rights movement. Vice President Nixon told a freshman senator to support the civil rights effort, but JFK had his doubts back in the day. When this came down, it was more about social and political events than actual crime with guns. Like a lot of gun legislation that's passed right now, and over the last 50 years, it's targeting the wrong individuals. Why? Because no crisis is ever wasted. The Gun Control Act of 1968 didn't reduce crime; it only limited civilian sports shooting. Background checks became mandatory for the first time. Regulated the importation of foreign-made firearms. It restricted FFL licensing record holding and keeping, and made handguns you couldn't buy over the by Sears catalog anymore. To be a federal firearms person, you had to go through with the government. You had to get a kit. You had to be approved. No longer could you just buy and sell a gun. You couldn't buy it at a Kmart or a Walmart. At one time, you could. The Gun Control Act of 1968 changed the way the National Rifle Association was, too. They became more active after that politically, before they were all marksmanship, hunters, safety, and just about everybody was a member of the National Rifle Association. A little bit after that, the late, great Neil Knox stepped forward and led the charge for a stronger gun lobby, but it all came after the Gun Control Act of 1968. Those were the good old days. Nobody seems to remember. Robert F. Kennedy. Or Robert Kennedy was shot by Sirhan Sirhan. The peace movement had continued to grow and more and more Americans were against the war in Vietnam. And more riots occurred throughout cities in America. The music scene was once again set by the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Hey Jude was on the top. 20 I believe there was a flu pandemic called the Hong Kong flu back then and the first black power salute seen on television worldwide during the Olympics happened during the medal ceremony and Robert F. Williams published Negroes with guns where I got the idea for black man with a gun thanks for going back with me in time The more things change, the more they stay the same. Fight on, people. Fight on. Speaking of fighting, did you read David Cole's article on com? Yeah. Check it out when you get a chance. Way to go, Dave. Are you starting something new? Do you need a logo, a mascot, website redesign, a new website altogether? Album art for your podcast, or maybe even some podcast producing? If so, contact me, your friend, and your brother from another mother at KenBlanchard.com. I'm more than another company. I will help you get from where you are to where you want to go. Graphics, media, and design at KenBlanchard.com. All right, that's the end of this week's show. And I want to say thank you. Thank you so much and have a very, very, very Merry Christmas. And I say very because it's supposed to happen and last longer than one day. Don't understand that? Check me out at the Speak Life podcast and I'll explain it to you. But oh well, since I'm here. The world as all we know is sensual. It's hearing, it's touch, it's sight, it's smell, it's taste. But it's still all of it leaves us unfulfilled and wanting for stuff. We fight over what we don't have. We fight when we are unsatisfied with what we do. We are fearful that we are wrong. We're frustrated when we are. We are get mad that someone made us find out to be the phonies that we are. I'm here to tell you that there's no way to live. There's no peace in that. There's no happiness in anything that I just spoke of. The slinky that you got for Christmas is still on the bottom of the toy box on Valentine's Day. The Etch-A-Sketch you used to get is cracked and that silver stuff is leaking all out. That new dress has a stain on it, the sweater, the moth's got it, the holes in it. You got that new PlayStation, that Xbox, that cube, that Wii game, but you finished all the games already. Or the new one costs too much. We all want a lot of presents under the tree. God gives them to us, but we fail to realize it. We let worry, fear, doubt, frustration, anger, cloud our judgment, lead us to... Everywhere else but direct to God. We get caught up on people, personalities, and who we think we are, who we used to be, and the fake titles that we carry. What's that new song today? That new hot artist, the latest designer, the purse, the shoes? Who cares? Today, Christmas Day, I celebrate a guy who came in the midst of a circus, the census the time when all the Israelites were called home to be counted. It was like a family reunion and a convention at the same time. There were red light districts and thieves, politicians and merchants selling things. The place was full, the place was alive, and he came. We always are waiting for the perfect opportunity to do something. Life is like a taxi. The meter just keeps on ticking whether you're getting somewhere or just standing still. Jesus wasn't born in a proper place for a king. He actually never had a place. His mother was a Nazarene, just happened to be in Bethlehem when her child arrived, as the prophet Micah has foretold. Mary and Joseph took the child to Egypt for safety, then to Nazareth, after the warning of an angel not to return to the area of Bethlehem. We know that Jesus grew to manhood in Nazareth, but the scriptures hurry past that period. When we read about him again, he is twelve. Even then on the road to Jerusalem and the temple to be about his father's business, he said. And then one day, when Jesus was an adult, a teacher declared that he would follow the master anywhere. His life began unstable, led to a cross, and ended in a borrowed tomb. The comforts of a domestic life were not his, because he had work to do. He accepted rejection even at his birth. Jesus sent a message of stubborn, unbreakable love to the world. We may have no room for him. We may not want to worship him. We question our praise. We question his disciples, his teachers, and his preachers. But he won't reject his children. He won't forget those that are his. He told his disciples before he left him, there is more than enough room in my father's house. And if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. Homeless no more. He would throw open the doors of heaven so that no one might be left out in the cold. Today, on Christmas Day, at the time of my recording and giving you this message, we ought to live like we recognize that the gift of God is eternal life. We ought to recognize the gift of God is the Holy Spirit. We ought to recognize the gift of righteousness and life that Paul talked about in Romans. And this season, this day, we ought to recognize God's unspeakable gift, which is Jesus the Christ. Amen. Yeah, I know you wouldn't expect that, and neither was I. It just kind of came.
1: Speak Life Podcast.
0: So your salvation is more important than the location of your church. This is your friend and brother from another mother, Ken Blanchard, also known as the black man with a gun. God bless you. And talk to you next week. Shalom, baby. Until next time, friends.
2: To keep in touch with Ken and his cause, head over to blackmanwithagun.com. everybody, this is William Shatner, and a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is George Takei from Star Trek, wishing all beings on all planets a Merry Christmas and a Warp Speed New Year. Hi, this is Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek The Next Generation, wishing the entire universe a happy holiday season. And if I'm going to tell you one thing, I'm going to tell you this. Have a safe and happy New Year and Christmas, but don't drink and drive. Do one or
3: the other.